Let's pray to the Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Father, we thank you for being head over all things, for sending your son to die on the old rugged cross for us, Father. We might be redeemed from the curse of the law, redeemed to live abundant life here on earth. May we glorify you in everything that we do, Father. And through your son, through your Holy Spirit, have the power to be witnesses for you here on the earth. And thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for bringing your children together to sing your praises. And Holy Spirit, may you rain from heaven upon your children today that we may feel your anointing. And we may rejoice in you. For, Father, you promise that you are present with us when we praise, Father. You inhabit the praises of your children. So today we praise you with our whole hearts and our whole bodies. Our whole soul goes up to you, Father. Bless this offering today. Bless this message you've placed on my heart to convey to your people today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us, for being our Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It reminds me of the Lord's love for and the steadfast love for his children. You know, sometimes we don't want the Lord, but he always wants us. Right. He don't need us, but he always wants us. He wants that relationship with us. And I'm reminded each day that if I miss a day with him, then my day is lost. Because he, what he says in my heart, and each one of our hearts daily, is I miss my time with you, those moments together. And if it's only 15 minutes, 10 minutes, the kitchen table, over breakfast, a quiet time with him, even the night before you go to bed. He says, if you miss that time, he's telling us he misses that time. I miss that time with you, those moments together. And it hurts me when you tell me you're too busy, busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me when your spirit's empty? See, he's saying you're all that I live for. See, I've sent my son to die for you because I love you. You were, you were created in my image. And all I want to have with you is fellowship. For you to be obedient to my word and have fellowship with you. And he so says, how can you build yourself up? How can you worship me when I'm not in you? See, how can, you, how can, I, how can I amplify your life? How can I magnify your witness for me when you don't start the day out with me? See, how can you be a light? How can you be a beacon? Right, Brother Tex? And your light don't shine. And the only way we can get light to shine in us is to have true fellowship with the Holy Spirit of God. He's the one that empowers us to have the fellowship in the first place. And so through the power of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do these things we don't think we can do. And we can't do apart from him. Jesus said, you can do nothing apart from me. I am the vine. You're the branches. A branch can't do anything without the vine, folks. A fig can't do anything without the tree. See, if we don't abide in Christ Jesus, we have no witness. The only way we can abide in Christ Jesus is we welcome the Holy Spirit. He's already in our hearts, but we welcome him to take the reins of our life. See, I think I know where I'm supposed to go. But as a carnal man, I will fall every time. I'll get lost every time. Things will call to me, and I have cravings of the world that will pull me apart, completely apart from God, because I am carnal in my nature. You understand that? Do your heads like this. I am carnal in my nature. I like things of the world. I like the things that look good. Fast cars, pretty women, good tasting food, any kind of food, quantity of food, any kind of free food, especially. So we're very carnal in our nature. Much like a pig. We're pigs. Yeah. See? Yeah. 
I mean, you can take a pig and you can paint his toenails and do take him down to the clinic down here and get him a pedicure done. Like, uh, Bonnie, show everybody your fingernails. <laughs> now you take a pig and you can waste all that money on him like you did Bonnie. Now it's going to last a lot longer. <laughs> it's going to last a lot longer on Bonnie than it's going to be on that pig. <laughs> but I can shine him up, groom him, give him a little butch whites, even give him a little flat top. Over in Shepherd, they shave the pig. I said, why would you shave a pig? Well, you're going to make him look... I just said, he has no hair to begin with. He has something like a paintbrush stuff all over his back. He has no true hair. And they shave that thing down and paint him up, paint, even touch those black marks up on him where they go to show a pig, okay? But you can take him and make him pretty and put all that uh, caulking powder on him that smells like Old Spice, make him smell real good. But when he comes home, what's he going to do? He might have a big old blue ribbon tied around first place hog. When he comes home, he's going to head for that, what? Mire. He's going to head for that spot he's got rutted out, done slobbered in, and everything else in, and got it just the way he wants it. He's going to stick his whole body in there, and all things going to be sticking up a snout. Because he's a pig, and the pig returns back to the stuff he's used to. We're carnal that way. One second away from God, we turn right back to the mire. See? And thank God, by grace of God, we don't sink as far as we used to. Amen. See, the grace of God, the mercy we just sang about, the mercy of God, the grace of God, he lets us only go so far, and he catches us. We never go back down again where we were. That's grace, folks. Because if it would be up to God and his righteousness, we'd all be burning in hell right now, screaming for iced tea. See, we're all filthy rags compared to God. It's a privilege and an honor for us to even be here today, any day, to praise the Lord. Not only praise him, but have him come down and have it the praises of his children. But he does that because he loves us, see. Turn in the book of John, Epistle of John, First John. These words that God has conveyed to me today have been conveyed to me in a different way this week as I study these words and mold them over and over in my mind. John's probably an old man now, and he wrote this. He's probably on up in years. He wrote a letter to the Christians, people, concerning Gnostic philosophy. Gnostic philosophy is what attacked into the Christian faith, an opinion that Christ only appeared to have a body, but did not really have one. It's a false religion, folks. Anything that goes against the Word of God is a false religion. Gnostic philosophy was very popular in Rome. Very popular in John's day. In other words, they cannot, they cannot cope with the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, they believe in Jesus. Now, he believes he's a spirit. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, could not come down here and take sin upon his body, a physical body, because it would contaminate him. Now, folks, this put, this put a big veil upon their eyes, a big, a big scale upon their eyes. Because when you take away... The physical body of Christ, you take away the blood of the Lamb. And without blood, there's no what? Without the shedding of blood, there's no what? Remission of sins. So they're still lost. Folks, you can believe in Jesus and still be lost. You can believe in Jesus and bust hell wide open. And a devil believes in Jesus, where's he going to be? Hell for eternity. He believes in Jesus and trembles. Believing upon Jesus is different than believing in Jesus. 
You believe upon Jesus, you believe in every work that Jesus established. The covering of your sins, redemption of the world, creation of the world. You believe in Jesus totally. John slaps the, the Gnostic in the face and says, look here, let me explain something to you. While I'm talking to my Christian brethren here, you are a false in your beliefs because Christ Jesus did come in the flesh. Read with me here in John, first chapter, first verse. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. Who is the word of life? Christ Jesus, our Lord. Christ Jesus is the word. He was the word. And guess what? He will always be the word. For this life was manifested. We have seen it. And bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, was manifested to us. In other words, he became flesh and dwelt among us. The precious word of life, the, the words that God spoke. When God said, let, guess what? Christ Jesus was standing there right there with him. Let us make man in our image. Let there be light. Let the water separate the gulf from the atmosphere. Let there be night and day. Let there be stars in the heaven. Let there be animals to create a prowl upon and fish and wild fowl and sea and fish in the sea to swim upon the waters of the face of the earth. Jesus Christ is standing right there with him, folks. The Holy Spirit of God, God the Father, and God the Son was right there saying, let us make these things. When he said let, that's the word of God's mouth. The word of God's mouth is his son, Jesus Christ. So don't anybody ever tell you that Jesus was the son of God, but he was just like us. Or Jesus didn't create the universe. God created Jesus. These are all falsifications, false lies. Put it any way you want, it's a big lie. Because God, John tells us right here in this short scripture that Jesus Christ, his son, has always been with him, always will be. The time that he ministered to us here on earth, the only time he was separated from God the Father, 33 years. And he was separated only in person, in body, but not in spirit. They're still hooked together. And we have seen, we declare unto you, that we have seen this, that we may have fellowship, and we may also have this abundant fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Now, fellowship's mentioned twice there in one sense. We underline that both times. That's what I want to really hit today. The main theme is fellowship with one another in Christ Jesus. And our fellowship is with his son, Jesus Christ. And these things write ye unto ye that your what? Joy may be full. Now, see, we have, we have spontaneous joy, which we, you all have spontaneous joy. We have things that just pop into our lives. We maybe see somebody struggling. You want to minister to a family and they're really struggling. And you pray with him and say, you know, I don't know what you're going through. I don't really, I've never been here before, but I, my soul, my heart, it aches for you. It loves you and I love you and I want to pray with you that you will get through this. That God will minister to you in a way and help you through this because I don't really know what you're going through. I've never been in this situation. I want you to know my heart goes out to you and I want to pray with you because the Lord Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He wants to minister to you and you pray with him. And then by the time you get out in your car to leave, you're going... Thank you, Jesus. I ain't going through that. My goodness, praise God. And I know you're going to work in that. And you're going to bring this family back to you and reconcile them. And you're going to give them hope. And I'm just, I'm just excited about it, man. I'm excited about it. 
I'm excited about what you're doing in this family. Excited about being able to minister to them. You go to them in their time of need. They may not have anybody else but you to go minister to them. Or someone may call you and say, you know, I was really low the other day. I was really, you know, thinking I've just been in this old world too long, wearing out my welcome, and just ready to go to beauty land, man, I'll tell you. And, uh, I got that letter from you in the mail, and, man, it just made my day. It just made me rejoice in the Lord. Just give me those goose, holy goosebumps from my toes to the top of my head. And I was dancing in the kitchen. I was so happy. See? And just full of joy. That your joy may be full. Now, full joy, we don't experience. But it says that your joy may be full. What it means here, when we gather together in the sweet fellowship of the saints, and we have church. See? A lot of the world today is having church. They're meeting and having church. But true konania, the Greek word, fellowship of the saints with anointing of the Holy Ghost is full joy. We don't get to express that much anymore. You know why? Because we don't let the world in too much. The world comes to church with us. See? We have things happening in our lives all during the week where it's the world. It's the world. It's the world. And so for us to experience joy, we have to shut that out and look to God the Father. Can we experience this today like I experienced 2,000 years ago? Yes, we can. We're supposed to experience this joy that lasts us all through the next week until we return again. It's not spontaneous. It's a joy that is in you already. And only you can stifle it. No person on earth, no being, no spiritual warfare can stifle that joy but yourself. The only one who can restrict the work of the Holy Spirit is not Satan. He can't even come close to God's Holy Spirit. Yourself, your own nature, is the only thing that can stifle the work of the Holy Spirit of God by lighting a fire in you and keeping that fire burning. I like that song Ronnie Mills that you sing. She keeps the home fires burning. Y'all remember that? She keeps the home fires burning. Keeps that joy going, man. She gets the household in order. She keeps it, until I get home from work, she got the supper going, man. She got everything that keeps the home fires burning, see? The Holy Spirit keeps that fire burning with inside of us, the Spirit of God. And so if only we can stifle him, only we can restrict him, only we can grieve him, why do we do it? Because we are carnal. Again, we are carnal. And to worship God, you must be in what? Spirit. I cannot even read this words of this scripture without being in the spirit of the Lord. That's why before I bring this to you, I've already prayed up. God will convey the message to his people through his minister. That's why I convey this message to you. Then this message, we have heard of him and declared unto you that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. Now what is light? Light is all things that are heavenly. From God, he's a father of light. What's darkness? Everything that's against God. Evil, evil part of the world. God is light and he lets no darkness in. Matter of fact, when God shows up, Wherever he goes, the darkness disappears. It becomes light. See, no matter how dark that corner is, no matter how much evil is there, when God shows up, that evil is gone. Because his light permeates that evil, superbounds all that evil in the world. And his son is also the light. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not know the truth. In other words, we're lost. We're lost. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanse us all from sin. See, the true fellowship was brought at Pentecost, folks. The day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came down. Heaven came down and glory filled the souls of everyone around. And the Jews and Gentile and those folks who not only would not worship together, had different synagogues and churches and different places to worship, came together that day. And Holy Spirit was anointing them. And they were singing praises to God for hour after hour after hour, folks. Singing praises to God. And they're in true fellowship with one another. The true kononia. The true fellowship of the Holy Spirit coming down upon the children there. And this kononia is derived from the Greek word to be able to praise God in one accord. Now, folks, the sweet fellowship I just talked about earlier is when God's spirit inhabits our praise. God himself comes down from heaven. He inhabits our praise. He is in the midst of our praise. We sing praise to him. He praises with us. Amen. What did God send? This is my what? Beloved son in whom I am well pleased. God praises Jesus, folks. He praises him for what he has done for us. And Jesus praises God. And we all three, the Trinity, we all praise together. And this, and this perfect freedom here, we had to worship and praise God. In the true joy of God, the Spirit of the Lord is there. And when the Spirit of the Lord is there, it's what? Freedom. Freedom. You got stuff to change you down. You got some old, you got some old vices that keeps you wrapped around your leg. You got to drag around all during the week. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what freedom. Freedom, folks. Freedom from all those vices, all those things that you think about during the week. It's going to happen. Never happen to you. The Lord's already taking care of them. Oh man, hold on. That check ain't going to come. I know I need that check so bad. And what? It comes just in time. God's perfect timing. He's just trying your faith. He's just trying your, your faith a little bit and trying your patience. See? All the years I've been in ministry, God's never failed me once. Not one time. And he'll never fail me. He never will fail me. See, he may fail my expectation of him. And see, God ain't here to, he ain't here to suffice my expectation. <laughs> He's not here to say, well, God, you know, do you love us as much as you love South County? Because South County got five inches of rain last week, and we didn't get hardly any here. I need a lot more. We need some of that rain y'all sent South County. Do you love them more than us? I guess you do, because you sent more rain to them. See? He's saying, no, I ain't even getting in that picture, you know? Because you know what? You want me to suffice something in your life that I have no part of. God said, I'd send rain on the sinner and on the redeemed. Where I've sent rain is where I want it to go. Amen. See? And he said, were you with me when I set the foundations of the world? I don't think so. I was with you. I haven't been with you since 1958 or from 1958 on. <laughs> and how long has he been here? For eternity. Eternity past, eternity present, eternity future. So God has always been with us. We just, we're, just, we're, just, we're the rookies. We're the ones that are this now coming in newcomers. So he says, my word has always been there. My son has always been there. And so when you praise me and praise my son, you sing amen, hallelujah. 
Praise me. Praise the God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Put text. Will you, will you lead us in every Wednesday? Every Wednesday, praise God. From whom all blessings flow. Praise him. What? Above you, heavenly hosts. Praise him, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. That's our praise song we sing every Wednesday in Bible study. And that part, we're praising the Trinity, Holy Trinity of God. And that part, we're inviting them to come down where they already are. We're just showing to God our attitude of the heart that we've trusted in him to give us a message he would have for us and to not only give us that message, to enable us, empower us to take that message out to a lost and dying world out around us, see, to share that message. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all sin. That's a powerful verse, folks. Every sin from the smallest to the greatest we're cleansed by from. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's not one that's special, not one special person. There's no man that's God's right-hand man. See, God is no respecter of persons. His grace is free. His grace is for everyone that comes to him in repentance and can accept this grace. If we confess our sins, he is faithful. But if we have say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now in this cleansing, this is what we have to come to every day because we need to be cleansed every day. How long does it take you to sin? Not very long. You don't have to get out of bed. I don't have to wake up very long. I have to wake up praying the Lord. Matter of fact, at times I sing songs or preach, waking myself up, preaching. And everybody uh, else sing songs. We both, both sing songs and wake up singing songs. And then all of a sudden I get my feet out of bed, throw a little water in my face, and I'm back in the world again. And I'm thinking, man, that, you know, that, well, I, I sure hope that guy comes around. I've been trying to witness to at work, and he's blaspheming God and everything. I said, man, I'd like to just get him in the headlock and punch him real good. <laughs> it don't take sin long, does it? <laughs> But God will work those things out, see? Go to God first, and he gives us his filling of the Holy Spirit, empowers us, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Now, does that, that care us for the rest of the day? For some of you, it may, it may do that. But I say, if you have to rebuke Satan, rebuke the devourer, rebuke your own nature, uh, walk in the Word, walk in God, you, you better remain in the Word. Because you don't remain in the Word, and sing some songs of praises to God during the day, and sing back his songs to him, and sing a few things that makes your heart keep in line with God, you're going to get off track real fast. So to remain in him, you must remain in his word. And what he's saying basically here is think on the good things. Think on the things which are from above. That the Father likes those, those kingdom value things. So as King David wrote, God inhabits the praise of his children. As he pins these words down, he dances to the Lord. He don't, you know, he don't get like us, so stuck in the mud, your know, hands folded. He prays God. He's dancing, folks. He takes his big top towel off. He's just got a big old diaper on. He's praising God, you know. You know, he's doing cartwheels and circles. Man, he's praising God. He said, he's, he's screaming these words out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Get excited about it. You know, don't sit there like a big old stick in the mud. Get excited about the Lord. Somebody curses you, say, Jesus loves you. You know, 
He said, when the enemy rebukes you or curses you, tell them God loves them. It's like heaping up coals of fire on their head. Puts them, puts them in guilt every time they have a guilty conscience. Holy Spirit sicks them, see? We don't have to do it ourselves. But enjoy the gift God has given us. Get the salvation, eternal life. Remember, we're just sojourners. We're just here on this earth for a short time. And we're here as, as a spawning ground for Christians. We're here to bring more Christians to the faith. We want to fill that gospel ship up, folks. So it'd be a shame for us to go to heaven with a boat half full. So we want to load that boat up. And I guarantee you, you want to be on that first boat out. You don't want to catch that second one. That second one's going to be charred and burned up pretty good. You're going to be on that first boat out. See, folks, that's what God is telling us. There'll come a time when he knows that the world will become more evil. We're in that day now. I mean, you don't have to look too far. The world is more wicked now. Kids are eight, nine years old to do things without any remorse at all, have no, no remorse for what they've done. Hurt people, kill animals. I mean, cruelty to everything. They have no remorse. This has been built in their system. Say, the world has been built in their system growing up. Say, don't think they feel remorse for is getting caught. I got family members right now. It's the only thing they feel remorse for if they get caught. Yeah. Don't think get away with it, man. It's top dog stuff. Got a big wad of money like this to carry around my pocket. I am king. See? I don't feel remorse when they're in front of the judge. We got caught. Shame, folks. No empathy or empathy for anyone. See? In the end times, it said that children will curse their parents, have no respect for their parents. We had an incident just here a couple, was it a couple of days ago, or that one of our one of our uh, granddaughters, a little kid kept running around and running around and running around and he just kept screaming, tearing up stuff, and he bit somebody. And uh, she asked the grandma, said, uh, well, "What should I do with him?" She said, "You ain't pulled his britches down and wore his butt out yet. Pull his bridge. Well, I can't give him a cry. Pull his britches down, get his naked booty out there, and take your hand and slap that bottom. I guarantee he'll cry." And she did, and he cried. And she's used to the one whack on the pants, and that don't do it. I ain't going to line that kid up. I know. I know firsthand. You have to get that down to the basics. Get that skin on skin and do some work with it. See? Get that boy's attention. Now, he's a little saint the rest of the day. See? Going around the serving. Do you like anything? Serving people. Two years old. <laughs> so everybody knows you go to them terrible twos, man. That's the time to minister that. No, hey, don't worry, that booty's plenty tough. You ain't going to hurt it. Administer that hand. Boy, my dad had some huge hands. My dad's hands would just, just cover, just wrap around you. Boom. You know? But there's nothing wrong with that. Matter of fact, God says, if you don't do that, your children will curse you. When they get old enough to cuss, they're going to cuss you out. They're going to cuss you in front of people, talk about you in front of other people. That's where my old man, my old lady came from. Weren't enough ministering. Down on the butt, see? Enough respect for people. I cannot imagine going to my father when I was 16 years old or 12 or whatever age it was and telling him, Dad, if you whoop me too hard, I'm going to turn you over to child advocates. My dad said, all right, son. <laughs> if I'm going to whip you, I'm going to whip you right. Rip you together. We're going to go to heaven together today. I'm taking you out, and we're, gonna, we're, we're heading to heaven. I mean, I'm re- he's ready for it. I, know, I knew he was ready for it. So I'm about to tell him, Dad, you ministered just perfect. The perfect whipping I've ever seen. 
whichever way it may be, you whooped Larry Jr. just perfect. You did a great job, right? But don't be afraid about other people. God says, you discipline your kids. If my grandkids come over to get out of line, guess what? They get that. If my mom and dad don't like it, mom and daddy gets that. <laughs> so I ain't afraid to minister to them the discipleship of discipline. See? And afraid to mention them. And people don't. See, there's, there's times when a timeout just don't do. It just won't. Nothing else will do with that. Laying on hands. See? Laying on the gospel. And they, they won't forget that. I know I've gotten, I got by with a few of them I should have had. I remember a few that I had. It was pretty good. <laughs> it should have been longer, but they, it was really good, you know? But uh, God's reminding us as we come together as a family, He's reminding us, uh, he's reminding us here that we have fellowship together. When we're together, when we're in unity, when we have the, the sweeter the unity, the sweeter the fellowship. And if you have something, if you if somebody has hurt your feelings, whatever, you go to them and you get prayed up, and you fess up, and hug up, and kiss up, and, and get right. Because when you're not in fellowship, and the church don't even know what's going on, it don't give us good unity. See. All your, all your sins should be confessed to one another. Anything that you said that may have hurt somebody's feelings should be all confessed before one another. And that's when we have the sweet fellowship. And we do. We have sweet fellowship. I feel the Holy Spirit with us every Sunday. He's in his room, and he's in, a, he's in here when we greet one another and hug and kiss. We could go and do that. I don't care if we do a whole service one day. Just keep, just keep playing that music. We keep hugging and kissing for an hour and then go home. Pray and go home. See? That's, kind of, that's, that's the true part of this fellowship the Lord Jesus is telling us about. When he had that kind of fellowship with his disciples, but he, he, he yearned for the day that he could, not, he could see it, but he was not in it. And he has earned for the day when he's seen his disciples. After the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. He yearned for that day. So he knew the Holy Spirit was going to mold and shape these guys in the image of him. And see, he knew how to worship, folks. Christ Jesus praised and worshiped God. I wish I had more of the songs of praise that Jesus said to God because Jesus said, Father, and you know me, and I'm your son, and I pray for these. And it starts in prayer, always for us, that we should be for one another. Father, I pray for these who are in the world, these who have followed me, that you may magnify them, magnify their ministry, open their territory, Father. So I know when I go to shed that blood, I can see them saving the lost. See them old, see them old, that old motley crew of fishermen going down the bank just saving souls. See that old tax collector going to someone's house and they're looking for their wallet. They said, I'll just come to share Jesus with you. And come to their house and dine with them and eat with them and tell everybody in the neighborhood about the saving, salvation, and precious blood of the Lamb. See? Instead of asking them money for fish, you're asking them money. And this gospel is going from one house to the other and this gospel growing. This precious good news of Christ Jesus growing. See, that's what Christ Jesus looked for. And he had that joy knowing that even before he died, he had that joy knowing that all is well. And the, the, because he's overcome death. He's already overcome death. And so he looked forward to this day. He rejoiced in this day because he is the light of the world. He knew we would be those lights the world needed to be ministered to. And so we're to remember that not only is he the light, we're those little lights. See, this is we light one candle, light another candle off that one candle. We have, when we have uh, like candlelight Christmas celebration, that 
the light, one light makes two and two makes three and three magnifies four and five. And before you know it, you got a whole Q-beam out there, a big old beam out there shining saying, this is the way, this is the way. See, folks, that's been a lighthouse for God. Mariners on the seas. Sometimes all I can, all I can see, all I can get in the fog, all I can see is it's a beam of light coming through those lighthouses, coming through that old storm. It was showing where the point of land was. They had an immediate reference. As soon as they seen the light, they had a reference where to come in the land, come into safety. See? Because it's shown them where they need to be, that big lighthouse. That's where we're to be, to show folks where they need to be. In the heart, and the captain of their souls, Jesus Christ. There ain't no other place to be but there. See? In the body of Christ, in the cleft of that rock, it's the only place to be. Anchored in Jesus. Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. Amen, Brother Dennis? Anchored in Jehovah, I shall not be moved. So we're anchored in him. The waves of the world cannot move us, cannot shake us to and fro. We're not wishy-washy in our faith. We're anchored, we're anchored solid on the rock, and we will not be moved one way or the other. We're anchored deep in the ministry of Jesus Christ in the hope of our Lord Jesus. So when we minister to someone, they don't have to say, uh, well, come on, don't you mean this other thing? No. Your yeas are yeas and nays are nays. Why should I explain? This is the only way to God, see Christ Jesus. And God's word shows you. I'll show you right here. See? Cannot be moved. Cannot be shaken. Already overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. See? Overcomers of the world. Champions already. That's quite a privilege and honor, folks. That's quite a testimony in itself right there. Anchored in Jehovah. I should not be moved. In Christ Jesus, the solid rock I stand. What do you say about all the other ground? What's all the other ground around us? Sinking sand. It's all based, all about the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ and him crucified. Christ and him defeating the grave, death and hell. Christ and him returning for his children, folks. And I think that midnight cry is very, very soon. When the Lord says, son, go get my children. He's going to be riding on the clouds, folks. In the twinkling of an eye, we'll be out of here. We'll be on the glory. He's saying just persevere a little bit longer. Persevere and minister to someone a little bit longer. He said, I'll go away for a while and you'll miss me. But I go to be with the Father. That I might prepare a place for you. That where I am, you may be also. And we'll have abiding. They have sweet fellowship forever and ever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this blessed message you've given us today, Father. I hope we take it to heart, and I hope we share it with someone, Father. If we know not anyone, Father, we know here on earth, Father, we want to see in hell. But to receive grace and mercy and forgiveness and be able to come to the family of God, Father, to be able to come to the sweet Jesus and have fellowship with him in eternity. I just want to bring them that all men may come to you and know you as Savior and Lord. So this day, Father, we pray for them that they may Know the way, the true way to salvation is in your son. And Father, just for the Christians here today, the ones who are, are maybe struggling, I pray a special prayer and intercessor for them. You may encourage them by your Holy Spirit. Energize them, Father. Empower them to be bold in their witness and bold to share the good news with someone in their neighborhood or in their society, wherever they go to, Father, that they may be a witness for you. We'll give you all the praise and all the glory. 
In Jesus' name we pray, amen.